make me crazy Might just turn around, do 180 I ain't politic and I ain't kissing no baby The devil on my doorstep being so shady mm, Don't trip, we don't gotta let him in Don't trip hey, yeah. I let it go Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play. Are we on anything else? Spotify, Apple Play, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, YouTube, that's SoundCloud. YouTube, yeah, SoundCloud. That's what I forgot. SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, you forgot that's SoundCloud. Forgot. The main one. SoundCloud. Yeah, definitely, make, definitely. make sure you check out the SoundCloud. Um, from time to time, we do respond to comments there. And by we, I mean the Shaolin of Shambles, as well as Historical Huncho. Actually, we're not even talking about historical facts today. We're going to talk to Welly F, and the F is for future, because we're looking at what's going forward from this point on. Oh, hey, man. How you doing, Futuristic my guy? Futuristic Welly. Hey, I'm good, man. I just came back from my bike ride. It was humid as hell. Good lord, it was so humid. Like, Bro, I went to the track at 4.30, and I was like, what in the world is this? It's not fair. It's not fair at all. Like, golly. And the pe- people talk about the Saharan dust crap. They talk about they coughing. And I'm like, I wonder what got you coughing. Because it's humid as hell. Like, I don't know what people are experiencing, but then again, you know, different bodies, different experiences. It is yeah. what it is. But man, it, it was huge. I think 20 minutes in, I just wanted to pass out, man. Like, no, like, I, I just lately, I guess people have been getting bored and they've been in my, they've been in my gym. So I, I just, when, when there's two people in there, it's crowded. Yeah. So I just don't even go. So I just, I'll either try to ride the bike, you know, I'll just go for a walk, stretch my legs, but I got to do an hour and a half, hour and a half or something. So it was, it was a bike ride today and it was torture. I'm, I'm it, glad it you like persevered. I, it felt like I ran today. I'm, I'm glad you persevered and was able to tough out your workout. Proud of you, my guy. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Ain't no, ain't no quitting me. I'll be thinking about it though. Yeah. As do we all. See, man. Yeah, man. I, 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 I was I was getting ready for this episode and I was like, man, let me let me come in with some topics, you know, try to try to do some something topical. You know, and I was like, man, do we do we want to talk about settling? Nah, we talk about settling a lot. Uh do we want to talk about how crazy this year has been? I mean, that seems to be a topic of, of every conversation. Do we talk wanna talk about detaching from from what's stressing you it's kind of like yeah i mean that seems to be what's floating around we cover mental health it's like man it's so much to cover and it's so much that we've already covered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i agree and so what i really just landed on was like we're just gonna sit here and we're gonna have us a conversation like we always do and whatever we talk about is what we talk about and, I also had a note on on talk about the things that have been making us sick lately, and that's a very long list in itself, and I kind of don't want to get into that list. Hey, I got a thought experiment before you real quick, because there's something I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about lately. Come on, man. Don't do that. Don't do that to me, Jay, man. Jay. All right, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. Look, look, I told you. 
Saturday that I had 30 minutes for you on Sunday. So now that today's Monday and we're recording this on Monday, I guess I got a full hour's worth for you. So I'm I'm here, man. I'm here. Oh, God. Listen, man. I just simply just, I've been thinking about school a lot lately. Obviously, the kids haven't been in school since about March. And that has taken the back burner in when it comes to this whole pandemic thing. So I just simply was just sitting there thinking, you know, I was reading this article today about how pediatricians nationwide are basically making a big push for kids to go back to school in the fall. They're like, kids need to go back to school in the fall. It's all right. They got to go back to school. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, all right, obviously, you know, me on the, on a podcast page, I've shown time and time again that there's a bunch of BS going on with all the news reports. Don't trust the media. You know all that already. But I wanted to come at this logically. If I was a person to believe that this virus was as fatal as they say it is, then I just came up with a thought experiment where I was like, all right, we're returning back to school. And this is one scenario. You have a population of a thousand kids. No, not a thousand kids. You have a you have a population of a thousand at a school. This includes the the students and the staff. They're telling them that in order to come back to school, you have to get a test. You have to get a COVID test. I'm like, all right, cool. That's similar to saying that you have to get a certain list of vaccinations in order to go to school at a certain grade. So, okay, cool. You're telling me I gotta get a test. That's fine. I don't, I don't, that's that's fine. Okay. My question is, what's the next move? Because here's the variable. When people, let's say school starts back September 1st. So if a person brings in their results on September 1st, the day school starts back, and it's a negative test, what happens when that person gets infected on the 4th? (laughs) How do you even know when that person gets infected on the 4th? My thing is this. Okay, we have, what did you say, 1,000 was your sample size? It's 1,000 people in the school. Everybody comes in on the 1st, and they all have clean clean bills of health. They all Mm -hmm. have negatives. So the thing is, air is being pumped into that school from Mm -hmm. the outside. Yes. There is nothing, and this is, I'm I'm going like final destination stuff. There's really nothing preventing me from being outside sneezing. That sneeze getting sucked into the air ducts and spread through the school. Yes, true. Like, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, oh, if, if one person has chicken pox, everybody gets the chicken pox. If one person has the flu, it, it you know, it's going to make its rounds. Like, and you can't expect children in close quarters to social distance. It's not going to make any sense, especially when you get up to those older grades where the kids, you know, holding hands and they kissing on each other and doing all this other stuff. That's just not going to work. So as much as you want people to go back to school. You can't expect them to go back to school and be like, hey, you know, we're going to go back to school and we're going to, quote unquote, continuing to flatten the curve. It's not going to happen. Plain and simple. I agree and you with can, you. And, and you can't. Really and you the can't. First part, by the way. And you can't blame the bars about that. <laughs> oh, I don't. Hey, we're not going to go there. I'm, I oh, no, no, we're going. We're going part. there. We're going there. But not right <laughs> now. But we're going there. My question is, student or teacher? And let's just say it's a teacher that ends up getting coming in and they realize they're negative on the fourth. 
first of all, in order to come to the to the realization that you're negative on the fourth, that would mean that after the first you took another test again. So if you if you come in on the first and you're negative, but in those three days, who knows what type of lifestyle you're living to where you don't come back negative. So let's just say this person is just the type of person that, hey, they can test it every three days. They, if they insurance real good, they ain't tripping, they could cover it. Are they supposed to quarantine for 12 days, which would be 10 school days missed? And if so, it pro it's probably, and let's just think about this though. You quarantine for 10 days, which means you're not going to come to school for 10 days. If it's a student and they're younger, meaning they can't stay home by themselves, that means that a parent has to stay home now, you know, in order to take care of this kid. So now that parent is screwed. That parent has to stay home. That's one to me. That's one thing that sucks about this whole situation. On the other hand, if it's a teacher that tests positive, what if, I mean, you're already looking at a shortage on substitute teachers based on the fact that it's probably a lot of substitutes out there that have COVID phobia too. So your backup is looking mighty iffy. So when it all comes down to a, like, what are the preventative measures in place that are really going to say, okay, when we start school back up, we can guarantee that everything is going to be cool going forward. And I'm just, I'm asking this question because I'm like, Based on the, to me, based on the irrational response to COVID-19, I really don't understand what people expect to do with the vaccine or without the vaccine. Like, are we supposed to just say, fuck them kids and just, we're just going to just wait it out until our government figures something out? Like, I'm so lost. Even, even, a, even another fold into that. Currently, what we're doing is if you have COVID or you've been exposed to somebody that has COVID, you quarantine for, what, 14 days. So mm -hmm. if we're in a classroom setting and the teacher has COVID and then it's like, well, who all has that teacher exposed? These classes rotate in and out. So there's 20 kids right there. There's another 20 and then there's another 20 that she's seen. And then those kids have been exposed to another teacher and they ate lunch in the same cafeteria together. And then they all went to recess and they played together. Mm -hmm. You got to shut the whole school down. So. Cause you I'm can't, you can't track the exposure. You can't, I don't, I don't know who this kid's been, been in contact to, you know, they, everybody went to lunch in the same lunch room. This, this teacher been in the, in, in the staff room. Like <laughs> then you just have to shut the school down. If, that's, if those are going to be the parameters that you continue to operate under. Jay, I don't have an answer. I'm not going to pretend like I have an answer. I just, um, it, it, it don't worry about that text message. I, my, my computer's over here acting stupid, but I, I can see you. But either way, um, I don't have an answer. But the one thing that I would have to suggest is I mean, are we as a society ever just going to accept the fact that we have to coexist with this thing? Like, I literally read an article today that said that we may have to deal with this for the next four to five years. So is the future of public schooling done? Like, is my son probably not going to have a graduation or they're not going to have a prom? Are they never going to have to, are they never going to be able to have, 
you know, cafeteria setups again? Like, is is the future of cafeteria like is the is the is the traditional school environment done? Even though kids are not the ones transmitting this, and I mean there there are plenty of articles out there that that say straight up that kids are not the ones that are likely to transmit this disease at all. That's that's a damn good question because even 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 if you say the kids aren't transmitting it, you have the adults in there. And then if the exactly. adults are passing it to the adults, then you're still in the same scenario. Okay. And I, I don't I know people are tired of hearing about COVID, but I'm gonna say this. And this is my bottom line mindset on this, because even when it comes to the whole mask mandate, people always try to bring up their hypothetical elderly parents, which I know that a lot of people out there do not stay. 75 plus year old people like it's just there's not a lot of people out there that stay with elderly people and even if they do this is my question to them you stay with an elderly person I don't know why but you're a person that stays with an elderly person and you may be taking care of them and you go to work you have to go to work my thing is why is it my responsibility to worry about your elderly parents. That's to me, that's what it all comes down to. Like you could say it sounds malicious, but if I walk into a place without a mask on and you know that you have to go home to your elderly parents, is it my responsibility to have on a mask or yours? It's your responsibility. You have to look out for, for the people closest to you. That, that's that's how I've always felt like, and, and I know we've had this conversation before. Is like I'm not looking out for your elders. I'm looking out for mine. I'm wearing masks around my family because I care about them. Exactly. You wear a mask that's around your family because you care about them. Exactly. So that's really confusing to me when I see Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, blaming bars, like, like he specifically blamed bars and the bar environment. See me, it says I'm not an NPC. I know that TABC has something to do with this. Like, it's something bigger going on behind the pictures. Because for them to single-handedly say that protesters avoided COVID-19, and y'all saw the reports, they literally said the protesters are not the cause of the surge. They, they, yeah, they're all reports, it's like, it's like, reports out there that say that. It's like protesters' surges probably won't be seen until next week. If ever, if, if ever. ever, like pro protesters had such a good heart that they just couldn't get COVID nineteen. That's what it is. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here, like, and like I've even saw an argument online that was saying, well, it was only like a thousand protesters out there. You got in a in a in a in a. They said somebody said in a, on a on a single weekend, if you look at all the bars in Texas that were open, you could have up to a quarter million people interacting with each other at a bar. And I'm like, hold on. So what you're saying is, at a bar, everybody, that, basically they look at a bar like it's a Petri dish for germs. Okay, I can see that. But if you could look at a bar like it's a Petri dish for germs, and then people, random strangers outside protesting, tearing shit up, or even if they're peacefully protesting, but they're shoulder to shoulder, like, what exempts them from getting the, the virus? Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm still trying to figure out is this virus woke? Like, is it? Does this virus 
have like a, a conscience. It's like, oh, I'm not going to affect those people because they're out here with a good cause. I'm going to affect this guy because he's out here trying to have a one night stand. Like, it, that doesn't, I don't get it anymore. I officially, me personally, I have gotten to the point where I know I've proven time and time again that the media is trying to manipulate the data to, they're, they're purposely making COVID 19 a political. A political problem when it's not. But you were about to say something. Go ahead. I was just sitting here and I'm thinking about like, in my personal opinion, I feel that bars and restaurants are probably at their cleanest at this point. Because it's kind of like, hey, send the health inspector through here. We trying to get open. We got bills to pay. We not trying to close forever. So we're taking all the necessary precautions. I hope even bartenders have on gloves and stop um, fingering the the, <laughs> the garnishes for cocktails all loosely like they <laughs> normally do. You know, you get that lime, they just they just grab that lime and threw it in there and they've been holding a dirty dish towel, you know, wiping stuff down. So to me, I feel like the bars are probably the cleanest, but yet I see where you're getting at because those bars attract people and people are eating and drinking so you don't have a mask on. So I, I get it in one form and then I don't get it in another. But then kind of like Chris put in the group chat, you know, all right, cool, not bars, but you can go to Walmart, and you can go to church, you can go to Lowe's, you can go to Home Depot, and you're not eating, you're not consuming, but you're just in there amongst a bunch of people anyways. So what's the difference? Mr. Brooks, I've been out. I've, I've been out to places where they've definitely, they're definitely practicing social distancing. I've been to places where I would say 50% of the crowd had masks on. And I honestly feel like those people that have masks on, they fall into that category of people that have elderly or high risk people at home. For instance, J Mark. Like, I remember, you know, when I go get my haircut, like, J Mark will wear a mask. And he's like, you know, I got to be cautious because, you know, I live with somebody that's high risk. That's J Mark taking the responsibility for his family. I just don't understand why it's so hard for modern day Americans to take personal responsibility. Like if I'm somewhere and I need to go in there and they're telling me I have to wear a mask, I've said it time and time again, I'll wear a mask. But to try to make masks the new normal, knowing damn well that in China, they've been wearing masks for 10 plus years and they still was the most highly infected. Like what, what are, what is, what is, what is a mask really doing when a virus came from a place that is notorious for wearing masks. And we and they still got all the way over here. It is just a baffling situation. And, 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 and when it comes to a list of stuff that we are sick of, I'm seriously sick of it. That's why I will annoy the shit out of Instagram until they just until I get more people realizing that, hey, you finna be just as annoyed as I am. Because all <laughs> those all those articles that you guys are nitpicking and making it seem like this virus is bigger than what it is. Like all of a sudden they only care about positive cases. They not talk about deaths no more. Like y'all not fooling me. Like you're not finna, you're not finna get away from the fact that people ain't dying. It's people not dying. Like they say they're dying. And the news is, man, the news is so callous that they will tell you, Hey, you know, there's been a surge in, in deaths, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a surge in cases. It's a it's a thousand cases this month. And as of da, 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 it's a hundred deaths. Well, they ain't gonna tell you that the last death was six weeks ago. <laughs> they just gonna throw the deaths in there. And I'm just sitting here like, y'all really out here wilding. Or they're they're not gonna tell you, you know, 
a, a large percentage of those deaths were elderly people who had weakened immune systems who, if they probably caught the common cold, would have facing dire circumstances. Bro, I'm looking at a graph right now. I'm looking at a graph right now, bro. At least 80% of the deaths are from people that are 85 and older. 80%. Like, they're... And the crazy thing about it is a lot of positive cases come from people like me and your age. So what they're doing is they got they've manipulated the data to the point where they're they're trying to target millennials as the carriers. And once again, I'm looking hey go ahead, go ahead, uh, fill the space right here. I want I want to read something that, that that just blew my mind earlier. It blew my mind earlier. Let me see something. Isn't it isn't it weird how how it went to okay, millennials are the carriers. But earlier it was like, you know, our parents were really the carriers, the people that are, you know, 40 to like 55. And that, those were the people that you were concerned about. Like they were the carriers. <laughs> so you want to make sure that, you know, they were masked up when they went to went around their parents. And then they said we could get it, but not really, you know, susceptible to it. But then everybody younger than us, because remember, I remember talking to you when I was going to Charlotte back on it was like April 18th or something like that. And we were talking about Elijah and we was talking about how, you know, his age range was basically kind of immune or whatever. And it's like, all right, so, you know, now you're moving the narrative. Now you're shifting the narrative to, to fit anything. Man, they, they love moving the goalposts, bro. Hey, let me, let me, it, listen, this is coming out of the Telegraph. This is a UK based article. It says tens of thousands of coronavirus tests have been double counted. Officials admit Two samples taken from the same patient are being recorded as two separate tests in the government's official figures. This is a published article from the UK. It says tens of thousands of COVID-19 tests have been double counted in the government's official tally. Public health officials have admitted diagnostic tests which involve taking saliva and nasal samples from same patient are being counted as two tests not one. The Department of Health and Social Care and Public Health England each confirmed the double counting. This inflates the daily reported diagnostic test numbers by 20%, with that proportion being much higher earlier in the crisis before home test kits were added to the daily totals. I don't have to read anymore because you see how preposterous this has become. When you're double counting, you have to ask yourself, why would you do that? Why would you do such a thing? What's the point? Politics as usual. Politics as usual. It's a scary, it's a scary plate. Dog, do you guys understand that most big tech companies are highly liberal? They lean to the left. This is this has been proven time and time again. You see it all over the place. NBA finna have. Black Lives Matter painting on their floor because all these big corporations are leaning to the left. They're leaning to a more progressive stance. So if it's a big tech, it's a big corporation, they're doing whatever it takes to pander to the minorities. I'm saying this to say that it's so bad and they're so scared of the right that they have taken up censoring anybody that has right-leaning ideologies. Like literally, there are Reddit sub there there are Reddit threads that have been banned as of today. There are YouTubers that you know preach against communism that talk about 
you know, they're pro-Trump that have been banned. Like, they have been taken off of the internet, damn near. Because if you're not on YouTube, you're not on Twitter, you're not on Reddit or Instagram, you ain't on nothing. Because nobody, unless you just got avid followers, nobody's going that deep down the rabbit hole to follow you. But that's how bad it's getting. Trump got these boys so shook, Jay. They got them so shook that they politicized a weak-ass virus like COVID-19. Nigga shook, bro. <laughs> I like how you shook. call it a weak-ass virus. <laughs> it is, bro. I've never seen a virus so weak that a person can have it for two weeks and not even know they have it. That's the weak-ass shit. I, I think I think the only thing, and this and and there's there's been very little proof that I've seen. I've seen maybe two or three articles, and this and we're on what month four of this at least, and it's like the permanent lung damage. That's the only thing that I think about. Is like all right, you know, how does this permanent lung damage affect people? And then it's kind of like you see pro athletes that say, oh yeah, I feel fine, you know. Yeah, I, I went through it back back 100%. So, and like we talked about, you know, they're in tip-top shape. And me, I'm definitely not in tip-top shape, but at the same time, I don't smoke. I don't drink excessively. I keep, you know, a decent amount of water in my system. So whatever permanent lung damage I think I would have, I think it would be minimal. So therefore, to me, like like I've been saying, I would 100% survive COVID. I, and it's kind of like with everything, if you diagnose it in time, I think you survive it. Not everything, but, you know, like, like you know, when people die from the flu, it's like they never went to the doctor. They're just like, oh, yeah, I just got this call for it. They die from bronchitis or, or, or pneumonia. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to tough it out. You know, it's just a little cough. You know, they, they don't take it seriously. So and that's and that's something that's in the black culture. Like we don't take going to the doctor seriously. We, we, we drink a Sprite and go lay down or something like that. It's honestly more male than anything. It's more male because I know I know a lot of black women that they'll go to the doctor if their freaking ankle hurts. Um, but I'll definitely say it's more male. Males do not. A male can have a broken arm and he'll still go to work because um, they just men just like you said they'll tough it out, and that's what they that's what they prescribe is toxic masculinity. But I think that a lot of men have just gotten to the point where they they're expected to grin and bear it, so they do. Um, but I, I kind of, I, like, I, I mean, I respect what you said. Like you saying that the lung infection is the most severe thing that you've that you've come across. And from what I've understood since about February, March, since this thing has taken off, it was interesting to me how they tried to make this a black thing. They tried to make this almost like it was specifically targeted at blacks. But they they casually left out the fact that it was it was really obese blacks. It was really blacks that had pre-existing conditions and obesity being one of the severe cases in which hey if you're an obese black person then it, and they were they were they were casually saying it just not realizing okay if you're an obese person this virus ain't for you because if it starts affecting your lungs it's it's gonna be harder for you to recover because you're an obese individual but mm -hmm. i guess in the areas where it was happening it just happened to be more overweight black people in those areas. And like I said, the thing that really lost me with this shit is the fact that they tried to politicize it. And they've officially politicized it because 
our media has perfected how to make Americans divided over anything. Like, you can literally have Americans divided over whether the dress is blue or gray. Like, you remember that fucking, that shit where it was like, oh, if you if you look at it this way, the dress is blue. If you look at yeah. it this way, the dress is gray. And niggas was going crazy. And I think Arguing. there was another one where it was like, that I literally, think there were some shoes, the there were some bands. <laughs> and there was another one, uh, did it, does it say, like, you could listen to this thing and it was like, does it say Laurel or does it say something oh, else? Oh, yeah. I remember that too. I'm it's like, all mind games. Thank you. That's all, all it is, games. man. But I mean, earlier we was talking, you said that you had checked out the Patriot Act with your boy Hassan, Hassan Minaj, right? Hassan Minaj, yeah. Hassan Minaj, okay. What was he talking about, man? So, uh, I was a couple of weeks behind, so we talked about a lot of police stuff. We, we, like I was on the show. Now, he talked about a lot of police stuff, and then he also talked about some voting stuff. Because talking about how um how uh like ma- the america doesn't do a majority wins they do more of a, a polarity if i'm if i'm getting that correct i, I was kind of working while the show was going on but saying it's not the person that gets the majority of the votes that wins it's the person that gets the majority of the division so when you have two parties it's kind of like all right you know do you get the the majority of if you only have two options, all right, do I get the majority of option A or option B? If more people vote for option B, option B gets it. But when it's split, it's kind of like, okay, well, you have you have the third party that's throwing things off. So it's like, yeah, the Republicans got more votes, but if got the most votes, but if you were to take option B, the Democrats, and option C, whatever the third party is, and put them together, they would have out, outdid the Republicans. You follow? Okay. And so, and I, I can't remember what what he um what he called it um off the off top because I like I said I wasn't paying that much attention to it. But he said the way to fix politics would be to have where you have your first choice and you have a second choice and you have a third choice or however however many choices. So if the first choice doesn't get over fifty percent, then it's like you take the first and the second. And then you kind of eliminate the bottom one out. And then it's like, okay, now out of these top two, who got the most picks, got the most votes? Okay, okay. So he still, he still, he still put the the electoral college in there. Like he still, he still talked about that, right? Uh, yeah, he talked a little bit about the electoral college, but the electoral college is, and and the way he put it is that if you do that way, it makes you campaign everywhere. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make you say, "All right, you know, I'm. I know I get this many electoral votes from California, so I'm a campaign hard here, and then I'm a campaign hard in New York, and I'll campaign hard. You know, Texas is going to be red anyway, so I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm going to campaign in only these swing states." Okay, okay. So I, I thought it was. I thought it was, I thought it had more to do with the lesser evils post. Um, but I, I got what you're saying. I got what you're saying. I mean, um, I mean, and that, and that's really where we are too. Because um, he interviewed some chick that she was pro Bernie, and she was like, you know, I really don't want to vote for Biden, but I can't vote the other way. So, you know, Biden is who I'm left with. So that's who I'm going to vote for. Okay. Okay. See, this is this is to me, this is how it works, man. Um, the two party system, three party system, whatever you want to call it, it's it's absolute trash. 
And <laughs> people don't want it. I mean, it, it, it just is because, first of all, we're we're a nation of people right now that are protesting. We're all anti-police right now. We're saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, all this crap. But nobody has gotten up and protested to destroy the two-party system. No. Nobody has gotten up and said, I'm not voting for either one of you white people. I need to, I need two di- I need totally different candidates. Or man, we're gonna we're gonna protest the election and nobody's gonna vote because we don't want to vote for either of you. We want we want neither of you to get into the office. And nobody's kinda, doing that. And he, he had a point where he goes, you know, the founding fathers didn't even want this. Like <laughs> another reason from separating from the British Parliament is because they have a two party system. <laughs> So the founding fathers didn't even really want this, and then you end up with basically a two-party system. Bruh. Americans are so lucky that um, an amendment came in to eliminate the uh, multiple terms. Like, I think FDR was in office for how long? (laughs) Didn't he do like three or four terms? He was was there like 12 years. Yes. Americans are lucky that we don't have that, because I'm going to be honest with you. If we did, I think we probably would have had Bush a lot longer. <laughs> okay. We probably would have had Bush a lot longer. Probably could have had Obama a little longer, but we're lucky we don't have that because the way things are going right now, once a person gets his base, it's hard to get him out. It's very hard to get him out. But I mean, back to what I mean, all I'm saying is you 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 protesting all this stuff. And you guys out there that say, oh, you got to vote, uh, you know, voting matters. If voting really mattered, then why are people so proud to vote for something that they deem as a lesser evil? That tells me everything that I need to know about the voting system. It's like, dude, you're not even voting for something that you want. Like, it's literally like. You know how somebody come up to you and they give you a crazy ass hypothetical like, "Hey man, uh, would you rather would you rather eat shit or eat a eat a uh, eat some flies, eat a, <laughs> eat, a, eat a pack of dead flies?" You look at that like, bro, I don't want to do either of those things. Why are those my only options? <laughs> that is the American, that's the American political system. You have two options you don't even want, but you're gonna virtue signal and pretend that. Oh, you know, I'm doing my country a service by voting for one of the lesser evils. Like, no, you're not. Even if you're, even if you're one of those Bernie or Bus people, like y'all knew Bernie wasn't getting in there. Y'all knew Bernie wasn't gonna get shit. And I told, I told people from the jump, it's been years since America has had a bald president. People. What the, uh, that shit matters, bro. Because <laughs> that dog. The reason is, is because the voting system is 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 heavily gotten centric. A lot of women vote. Yeah. And a lot of women don't really mess with bald white guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. And, I, and I'm thinking, I, I don't, I don't remember. Hey, man. The historical honcho is here to teach. <laughs> like, I got you, bro. Don't worry. Jimmy had hair. Reagan had nice hair. <laughs> Hey, nice hair, bro. Hair is what's gonna keep you in there. It's if you have a nice head of hair, 
it's a better chance of you getting into office. That's why it's important for you. It's important for you to have a nice head of hair, and it's important for you to have a wife. Those two things are very important. That's why um, I forgot who it was. Well, I think it was Roosevelt. Roosevelt ended up having to marry like his half sister in order to get in office. Yeah, he had to marry like his half sister to get in office because he just had to be presentable. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, who was the wheelchair president? Was that Woodrow Wilson? Well, we had a wheelchair president, and it was going to be a struggle for him. Well, it could have been Roosevelt. No, Roosevelt could stand. We had a wheelchair president, and it was going to be a struggle for him because everybody looked at him like he was incompetent and unhealthy. But at the end of the day, he still had a wife on his side. And when they put him in photo ops, he looked good. And I actually think, I want to say he probably was one of the last ones that was bald, if I'm not mistaken. But it man, was Roosevelt. Roosevelt was a wheelchair president? Yeah. Jesus Christ, he was in there for a long time. They, Whoever his, whoever his uh, campaign team was, good. Because that was one of the struggles. Because he was a wheelchair president and because he wasn't married. he had All the odds were against him, bro. And he overcame them because he understood that basically propaganda became a tool that they kind of started perfecting at the time. You know, obviously Hitler and Stalin were the ones that, to me, it was I think it was more Stalin that made use of propaganda. Hitler took it to another level. And I think from that point on, I want to say Bill Clinton took it to a whole nother level. Bill Clinton took propaganda. Bill Clinton took his use of the media, his, his media manipulation, and to get people on his side to another level. Like, mm-hmm. And it was really hard to, to for Clinton to be likable if you really knew Clinton because I mean Clinton was a was a possibly a sex offender he was a womanizer I mean Clinton was doing everything wrong but he had the media he had a, a nice portion of the media on his side and that's what's scary now about politics is because now if you could get media meaning social media TV if you can get all these entities on your side, victory feels like it could come to you a lot easier. But the way things are going now, man, I think I think I think people I think the left is becoming so annoying that they're gonna have Trump supporters more turned up in November. Like for I can real. See that. I like they're see gonna that. have I really think they're gonna have Trump supporters turned up. Cause I, I think they're getting to the point where it's like, all right, come on, now you're just being too extra. Now you're just being too extreme. And it's like, all right, since you're being too extreme, I got to go, I got to vote this way because if I go this way, I already see where y'all are headed and I don't like that. Everything mm-hmm. comes back to the center and they're trying their best to keep it to the center. That's why you will see a Republican president, a Democrat president, a Republican president, a Democrat president, because everybody tries to bring it back to the center. They try, man. They try. <sighs> speaking of, it's bringing it to the center, man. I was, you know, I finally got to watch my, Honestly, uh, this is my number one favorite show on Netflix now. Dark. Number one favorite. Nothing's better than it. Nothing comes close. Um, Russian Stranger Things? Stranger Things is like at number three or four now. No, I said this. This I think I... All right, tell, may, let me make sure I, I watch the same thing. So Give me a little synopsis. It's German. It's German. They, 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 people try to call it a German Stranger Things, but it's not even... It's nowhere close like... Strange to, to even compare it to Stranger Things is an insult. Cause Stranger Things, it's a cool show 
but it's simple. Like this show is literally like watching a puzzle. And you you low key when you're watching the show dark, you have to you you gotta take notes. After the first season, you probably start having to take notes. I swear to God. You're not gonna there's nowhere in the world that you're gonna watch this show all three seasons and it's gonna be a breeze. It's impossible. I don't care who you are. So just to give you a synopsis, the reason I bring it up is because you put a post up today on your Instagram, and I think you said something about everything coming full center. You say everything comes back to the center, like everything comes back around again. And like I literally had that thought this weekend where I was like, it's I, and I've always had this mindset, like, if you're really paying attention in life, shit comes back full circle all the time if you're truly paying attention. And that's what this show Dark is about. The show the show Dark literally is just three seasons. And the reason that it's three seasons, it's because the focus of it is three universes. So these three universes, they come together into this knot. And it gets real fucking deep. But the fact of the matter is, if you watch all three seasons, they pretty much just mirror each other. So as you watch all three seasons, if you could watch them back to back to back, you'd be like, hold on, I just watched the same damn season all over yeah. again. Yeah, it's I just, get that. I saw different pieces of it. It's, I mean, it's brilliant. And for me, that's what makes it so sharp. And obviously, Germans on a different level. Into when it comes to like the way they think, they just on a different level. To me, like Germans and Asians, they just they just think totally different. Because um, I was looking at some shit today because I had one on Netflix. I been, I hadn't been on Netflix in a while, and I see that they still had that top ten thing. So I had one on like Netflix India and like Netflix, just other Netflix. And I was seeing what was number one. And it was funny to me what shows were number one or top five in other countries. And I saw the shows that were top five in America. And I'm like, yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about America. <laughs> like, you know. Wait, wait, wait. So I tried to watch that 365. And like, I got 15 minutes in. I'm like, what kind of pornographic show is this? And then I just cut it off. I was like, "Whoa, this isn't what I, this is what I came here to look for." Like I, I had seen all the hype on Twitter, like, "Oh yeah, three sixty five is good." I was like, "This is just some porn." And then it breaks down, and like this guy in the mafia, he basically kidnaps this woman and basically Fifty Shades of Grey's her into loving him. And it's just mm. like this is, and and it's actually a little worse than Fifty Shades of Grey because she was an unwilling participant. So I'm like, this is just wild, and people are. This is like. A top rank on. I was like, what in the world is going on with people that this is so enjoyable? Like, I was like, I can't watch this. This makes me. This makes me squirm. <laughs> I said it when I was last on Twitter, man. Netflix is a major social engineering tool. The purpose of Netflix is they want to reflect society, but at the same time, they want to influence society. If you look at the top five shows on social media, you'll, I mean, on uh, Twitter, um, Netflix, you'll see right off the bat, a lot of them are rooted in over-sexualization, homosexuality, and just social degeneracy from a, from a mindset of, if you have any type of, um, of sense of what traditional America looks like, then yes, you'll be in your mindset of squirming when you see the type of shit that passes as entertainment on Netflix. Once again, I throw HBO into the mix too. It's literally just 
all a propaganda tool meant to shift society into a different direction. I know you saw that blog post of mine where I basically was like, it's definitely a cosmic shift happening in the Western world where in 2009, if you're looking at a Calvin Klein ad, you're still probably going to get your European model that's thin, you know, pretty, possibly anorexic. But at the end of the day, that was your ideal model for how long in America? 70, 80 years plus? Now, fast forward to 2020, you have a trans woman, overweight, with a gap. She's black. And that is now the face of Calvin Klein. That's wild. Ten, 11 years, bro. And that's what you see as the model for Calvin Klein. And it's it's kind of like, you you remember when, when oh, I'm not going to say when models first came out, but, you know, the, 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 the top of supermodels, they were the super slim, Skeletor almost style women. Like they had basically no, they were very, very European, very slim. And then it's kind of like you start transitioning to a more of an American style model that has a little more weight on her. So you start getting, you get to the Naomi's and you get to the Tyra's that have the curves. And then you eventually get to the, the Ashley Graham's who, who are, who are curvier. And then it's just kind of like, all right, now the progression is to like, okay, you're going to continue to accept the new norm. And now you're trying to tell me that the new norm is that I have to, I don't, you're not saying that I have to, but it's like, all right, you, this trans woman is the Calvin Klein model. And, you know, it's almost politically incorrect for you to find this to be unattractive. Cause well, for I'm so trying. long, for so long, you couldn't find Ashley Graham attractive. You couldn't find Tyra Banks attractive. You couldn't find Naomi Campbell attractive. They got too many curves. But then you just slowly adjust and it's like, okay, what are you adjusting me to? And where can I, where can I draw the line? It's kind of like, you know, where they put the, the thing on the, on the side of the road for those um, vegans that say, you know, where the, where's the line drawn between, between food and pet? <laughs> and, and they yeah. cut it off by like, by like the pig and the, and the horse or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's like, you know, where, where are you allowing me to draw that line? And I don't feel like they're allowing us to draw that line anymore. You're trying to force us to draw that line. And I I seen a a preview on Netflix. I forget what the name of the show was, but um, they were interviewing um, Laverne Cox, who's the trans the trans the trans female that's on um, Orange Is the New Black. Mm-hmm. And she said that you know eighty percent of the population does not know anybody that's trans. And I'm like, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. So whatever you learn from trans, you get from propaganda because you don't know anybody directly. Like I know mm-hmm. I bet you know everybody knows somebody that's gay and you can learn something about somebody that's gay, you know, directly from them. But knowing somebody that's trans is completely different. Oh, I'm still listening. Yeah. You, I thought you, I thought you were going to keep going. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a three words, man. Uh, one, the first word I'm going to state is impossible. And the reason I want to say impossible is because there was a time where, when you saw a model, you saw something that was impossible. Women would see models and men would see models and think to themselves that that physique, those features that I see, those that is impossible. That's why that's a model. Because that model represents something that is, a, it's like a gift almost. To get to that, 
I would have to put in a, a major amount of work, but that's something that's rare. So once again, to be a model, you were seeing something in your mind that was unique. So to be a model, that meant that you fell into a certain subgroup of humans that were seen as exceptional, exceptional enough to be a model. What happened was social media came about and the camera quality on phones got better. A lot more dudes and, and people start picking up these Canon cameras and pretty much everybody start becoming this roundaway photographer. So therefore they start using anything that they can find to be a model. And literally social media is what changed what modeling is today is because the quality of the picture meant way more than the model. Yeah, you can have your traditional model on there that, you know, that met the traditional norms of being thin, pretty, blah, blah, blah. But eventually you just start realizing like, damn, you know, these these photographers are capturing natural beauty. Natural beauty meaning something that's not impossible because it's natural. You see it all the time. The thing that the thing that is most highlighted is the fact that it's actually good photography. So the photography started to trump the actual person in the picture. So to me, that's what kind of mutated modeling. Then what kind of segued, you know, kind of went into that is the fragility of society. So we start coming up, we start getting to the point where in society, more and more people were becoming more mentally fragile to the point where they would kill themselves to look like Tyra Banks. They would kill themselves to look like Kim Kardashian. They would kill themselves to look like, you know, um, you know, Bella Hadid. Mm -hmm. Like they would kill themselves to get to that level because it was an obsession. And the modeling industry, they took a lot of flack for that because they start looking like, well, you you clearly don't care about society all that much if you're not willing to change how society perceives the model. That's why they start bringing in plus size models and stuff like that because they wanted to appease society. They wanted to let society know, you know what? It's no longer about the unique look or the rare look. We want to make sure that you feel comfortable. We want to make sure that you feel good. And that's really a mass type of therapy because the whole purpose of therapy is to make you feel good. To me, that's not what modeling is about. You know, modeling, you're modeling something, you you're making me want to wear it. You're making yeah. me want to go, you, you're making me want to go grab it. But once again, enough people start feeling bad when they saw Tyra Banks and Naomi. They was like, I can never look like that. So they start complaining, and that shit that changed things. The last word is progression. My question is always gonna be. What are we progressing to? We've progressed to the fat, black, trans woman. What's next? Because progression is always, in my opinion, about acceptance. Let's what we we need to make everybody in society feel accepted. We need to we need to keep on progressing. We need to we need to because there was a point of time, probably forty years ago, where you probably didn't have a black model at all. Yeah, you know, let's be honest. Like, you probably didn't have a black model. Now, you can say, okay, it wasn't not too long ago where you didn't have a black trans model. 
So, okay, what's next? Like, because to me, the progression is always about the next thing. So, are we going to progress to the point of pure insanity? Because with this progression, you said that they don't want you to accept it. But let's just be honest here. They want you to be Malik Yoba. Like, they want you to think like Malik Yoba. Like, I'm never going to think like Malik Yoba. I have no problem with trans people, but I'm never going to sit there and accept their delusions. Like, you're a trans woman, but to me, you're still a man. You're a trans man, but you're still a woman to me. And and, and to me, it's kind of like, okay, I'm... I'm look. I'm looking to be in a relationship, and it's gonna be like, okay, well, you know, here, here's, here's a trans woman. That's not gonna work for me because I want to have a family. And then they say, oh, well, you can just adopt, or you can just do this, and you can just do that. And it's like, okay, now I'm jumping through hoops to try to accommodate this other person's lifestyle, and I don't feel that that's right. I don't feel like you have should have to jump through any kind of hoops to accommodate somebody else's lifestyle. And I feel like that's where we're headed as a culture. Like, you know, you're having to go above and beyond to include, to be forced to include people's lifestyle. Like, like I told you, um, somebody had sent an email and, and this guy's name was Brandon, but at the bottom, he's like, you know, my pronouns are his, him, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, (laughs) your name's Brandon. There's, there's no confusion to that in my opinion. Like, why do I need to know your pronouns, Brandon? <laughs> and it's like, and it's, and like, and like, I get where you know, in a, in a different kind of setting, that might be vital. You know, if you if you roll in those crowds, that might be some vital information. But it's kind of like, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> send, I'm gonna send you this in email. I'm gonna say, hey, Brandon, because that's what you what it says. Hey, Brandon. I'm just so. What was what did Brandon want? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Hey man. And I, and I was like, and I was like, is this common now? Like, am I supposed to have my pronouns in my email signature? Like, I mean, you can just call me Jay. You don't have to call me him. You don't have to call me her. You don't have to call me she. You don't have to call me he. You can just call me Jay. Just address me by my name. Look, bro, like I said, man, I got neighbors that got a pride flag up, man, and the pride flag don't bother me one bit. I'm like, hey, man, y'all want to put that pride flag up? You got pride in in that shit? Like, hey, man, do what you do, man. You're in a country that protects you. Like, that's literally a right you have. You could put a pride flag up. If somebody comes burns it down, it's considered a hate crime. That's fine. You know, it is what it is. Like, you have a right to be proud in this country of who you are. It's a bit baffling to me that you're black and you put up a pride flag before you put up, you know, like a black flag or something like that. But anyway, that's that's another story. But, you know, people are proud of their sexuality. That's cool. It's still crazy, though, that that's something that needs to be highlighted over the fact that you're fucking human. Like, when it's all said and done, I don't care that you want to kiss another man and you're a man or sleep with another woman and you're a woman. Like, 
this is when it comes back to that human condition that I've been speaking about. Are you a respectable human? Because if you're a gay person and you disrespect me, that's what I'm, that's how I'm judging you. Like you're a disrespectful person. You're not kind. It has nothing to do with you being gay. It has everything to do with you being a shitty person. Mm-hmm. See, people like to throw, people like to, people like to act as if corporations shoving this pride month thing into our face is not an issue. It's like the reason for me that it's an issue is because I know behind closed doors, a lot of them folks probably will disown their kids if they were gay. A lot of them motherfuckers have never in their lives really even been shoulder to shoulder with, you know, lower class gay people. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. Like, there's a high-class gay, there's a low-class gay. We spoke We spoke about high-class gay, because high-class gay, they're the ones that are very prominent in those areas that get gentrified. And the shit gets swept under the rug, because the LGBT community, another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, if you want to talk about... Um, if you want to talk about spending power, if I was a business, and I was trying to make dollars... Who would I really want to worry about attracting? Would I really worry about attracting about the, the LGBT community or the black community? Like, let's be real here. Who do you think bringing in more money? The Who's going to spend more? I'm just saying, like, you know, and then it's probably going to, with the LGBT community, it's probably going to last longer because the LGBT community has black people in it. The LGBT mm-hmm. community expands. It's so diverse. And once again, it's a lesbian, bi, gay, trans, and it even goes deeper than that. But the fact of the matter is, it's still all baffling to me that people actually think these corporations care. You're literally just a number. You're here to consume. These people don't give a shit about you. And I'm glad that some of them call it out. Like I know some, I've seen some gay activists on Instagram that have called it out. They're like, we know y'all don't give a shit. Like, like they're serious about it. Like they're seriously about gay rights, and they're not just what I call Tumblr gays. Because I think a lot of Tumblr gays, I think a lot of gays that we see online are just posers. Like they're not really. They just doing it for the sake of this is what's in right now. And I know it's gonna get me attention. Straight up, I really do believe that. Really, I do. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, well, I think, okay. I think I, a lot of them I'm are gonna, posers. I'm gonna say the the ones that I know are, are about that life. And how how prominent are they online? I mean, they're not throwing it in your face all the time. There's a significant difference between Tumblr gays and gays that you know in real life. Like, yeah. I know a lot of the gays that I've seen and I know that kind of are in those circles in real life, they don't even go to Pride, the Pride Fest and shit like that. They don't care about shit like that. Like, the ones that, the ones that go to that shit are the ones, and if they go, it's not something that they do on the regular. They don't live for it. Like, I really personally feel, and, and I mean, and it's crazy because me personally, like, I know it's some gay people out there that don't identify as gay, but they're very close to the gay community. Like, I know several people like that. And it's fun. It's like, cool. But those are the type of people that's like, y'all not even all the way in. But you, so I kind of understand why y'all kind of like, oh, you know, let me show let me let me show my pride. But, you know, let me show that I stand with y'all, because at the end of the day, you just want your friends to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the same thing I saw with them black squares. I'm like, it's a lot of people out there that's probably like, 
I know I'm not racist, but at the same time, let me put this black square up so my black friends know I'm not racist. Bruh, <laughs> like, I guess, man. But in the end, man, like I said before, it all comes full circle. And when you when you have a gimmick like Black History Month in June, <laughs> yeah, like that shit is wild. And it, yeah. I was talking to my sister earlier. I was like, I didn't even realize it was Pride Month till like the 15th. Like it, it was almost over. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 wild times we live in, man. That's why I say, man. What are we progressing to next, man? But hey, I'm a um, I'm a small piece on the chessboard. I think that I can be effective in some ways. Kind of like your friend said that she sent me that special ed stuff, which I'm gonna definitely we're gonna definitely get into that special education stuff when I really read it more. Because when it comes to public schooling, the more I learn about it and the more I think about it, like that shit is like the root of why society is the way it is especially college kids college kids are so annoying they're so annoying mm-hmm. but that's I'm, 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 that's a story for another day man that's a story for another day just remember people man it's <laughs> it, it'll come full circle I'm pretty sure you listen to another episode of, of No Boundaries and you're, you're here oh y'all kind of been here before yeah we have cause it comes full circle. <laughs> history doesn't re- history rhymes. It doesn't repeat itself. I, I can't. I have to keep remembering that because although things happen again in a sense, it never happens the exact same. It's always something a little different. You can look at Emmett Till. You can look at Trayvon Martin. You know, it, it's it, it's that's just how it goes. But anyways, man, how many how many more letters you got to finish up, man? Uh, I haven't. I haven't made it. I haven't. I'm. I'm about on number thirteen right now, except the, for the letter I skipped. I skipped like E or something. So I'm more like on twelve. Why would you skip a letter? You, it was, is there? Something I lost in... track. I just lost track. You was drunk. Okay. Okay. Wow. It's okay, man. We've all been there, man. We've all been there. Um. I feel like we ran our mouths long enough. Um. You, you got your hour out of me. Roughly, roughly your hour. Okay, cool. That's cool. That's cool. I'm glad I did, man. And uh, I, I still feel like, in the end, I believe in personal responsibility, and I always will believe in personal responsibility. You don't have to agree with me, but uh, before we close out, I like to say, uh, I think we're supposed to start streaming on a, a, a website called Blackify.com. I had a chat with that guy. Um, extremely pro-black. Uh, that's another feed we're gonna be on, and uh, maybe when this show goes up, uh, they they pull it they pull us on there and it gets cracking. Uh, like I said, real cool guy. Definitely had a mission. Definitely knew his shit. He knew. I mean, he knew more than me. I'm still I'm still learning myself, but he definitely. I think he's probably older than me. Uh, but he got it. He got his stuff going on. He's based in Cleveland, Ohio. He'll definitely probably be on the show in the coming months. Uh, he'll be able to better explain his blackified radio platform. Other than that, um, we got more shirts coming and tank tops. And I've talked to people and they already know their shirts are coming and we appreciate the donations. And um, I guess we can get into words of advice. Did I, did I uh, say with that, being, with, with that being said anytime? I couldn't remember. I, I, I was I trying my so. hardest not so. to say it. 
Okay, good, good. I don't know. We we might have we might have a Jay Brooks therapy session in the near future. I don't know. Depends. Depends. The people we're, missed we're, you on IG Live, man. They missed man, you, man. I was working harder than hard working. I, oh, okay. I, I, I jumped in for a little bit and I was like, yeah, I, I was like, I can't get on. I got I got this work I gotta knock out. So Hey, that's that Capricorn in you, bro. I respect it. I, I actually got some work to do after after this, but it is what it is. I took a break to go work out, so Okay, okay. Yeah, you said you were sweating like me, so yeah, it is what it is. But anyways, um to, to get into this words of advice, <laughs> of course I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leverage these um contemplations that I've been using just to Bet. keep track of my random thoughts. But this one says Words of advice are to take advantage of what's in front of you. You never know when you'll look up and it will be gone. You said that way too fast. Are you okay? Say that slower, man. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just say it. It was was right there. It said, take advantage of what's in front of you. You never know when you'll look up and it will be gone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I heard you that time. I I, I can put a lot behind that, but I'm just going to let it breathe. You you put your own thoughts to it. Okay. Okay. Um see I, I have my post up you know shout out to the Shaolin to the Shaolin monk yourself although I feel I inspired that I just never said anything just based on the fact that my profile pic has been that for a while well, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take I ain't gonna take it away from you but you just want monk, some credit I, I, I gotta get it though cause I I've been waiting I was like is he gonna give me credit for that but it's okay but today I posted something with the Shaolin monk and um I think it was I think it's important for people to understand that don't let people silence you and don't let people define your, your silence. And on the post it talks about defining yourself, but once again I I need people to to let it breathe but like for feel me when I say this like don't let people define your silence because once you do that it puts you in a place where you're trying to explain yourself when in actuality you run your world. <laughs> you are responsible for yourself. You ain't got to explain shit to nobody. And if you're paying attention to what's happening in the social media world, it's a lot of big corporations that are actually getting away from social media. I think Coca-Cola. Um, there's a couple of other ones that are just like, hey, I'm not, we're not, we're not dealing with social media anymore. And I think that they're realizing that social media is more cancerous than good because you have these big time corporations that in actuality, social media hurts them more than it benefits them, especially when you're talking about a Starbucks being quiet during the Black Lives Matter thing. And everybody's looking at them like, you know, don't let people define your silence. And I, I don't feel like I need to expand on that more. It's just, it's very important to know as long as you're comfortable with yourself and you know why you're doing it and the people around you that are close to you know why you're doing it, that's all that matters. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I, I dig it. But yeah, shout out to Shaolin, man. Shaolin, man. It's the, the, the Shaolin is in both of us, but it's definitely in you more. Especially... When it comes to the art of shambles. Hey, 2020 has been a hell of a ride, bro. It's been a hell of a ride. I couldn't write this type of comedy. I couldn't write this type of comedy in my life. Not not in the world, in my life. Nah, I couldn't, man. This is this is one long stand-up, and we haven't even got to the punchline yet. 
And we with barely that, made it to intermission. <laughs> Curtain close. This has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?